safe side. Stick out the mandolin and the <laughs> voice. The whole thing, really. Alright, start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the main event. Another edition of the Hop Heroes Podcast, the show where we talk about not only drinks, but also comic book stories and lore. I'm your host, Jordan the Jaw, Aerith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, JR, the human canvas, Gonzalez. God, my name better be cool. This is about to piss me off. Uh, I'm making my best we go. Yeah, so. how's it going? I, uh, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good, brother. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Fantastic. <laughs> You're not matching my level of enthusiasm in this in this yeah, intro here. I, I'd let you do all the fun stuff. I'm just <laughs> oh, this is fun? You think this is fucking fun? <laughs> <laughs> this is my life. I'm putting my heart out there for the world to hear. Oh, my God. No, we're uh, <laughs> we're talking wrestling today for those that don't know what the fuck's going on. But, JR, how you been, brody? Uh, good. It's been a busy week. Got a lot of things done. Um, Patriots sign Cam Newton. So, I have mixed Woo! feelings. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy because it's not Stidham or <laughs> I'm a Hoyer. <laughs> so, which you don't know that yet. He's got to win the job. That's but. true. He's got to win the job. Um, Dude, he's gonna win the job. Um, yeah, he's he's a little bit far beyond those two. Um, I mean, I don't know a lot about Stidham other than that he did okay in training camp, but did awful in preseason. Um, at and so, um, other than he's about to sit on the bench, probably. I mean, Cam is a great. I I I like Cam. It's not like I never liked Cam. Um. There, he throws a lot of interceptions, which is a, a scary thing. But hopefully, they kind of like hone that in for him, and he, he's well. I mean, he's on a, a million dollar deal. I mean, they got it was such the like cheapest deal for an MVP. The only team that even offered him anything, yeah, which is pretty nuts. Which they gave yeah, him. They, a million they must be pretty bucks. worried about that shoulder because like the shoulder, fuck, his like, foot has been constant for years. <clears throat> like that foot thing has always been there. He's just kind of you know um, put it off. The other thing they're worried about too, and a lot of teams. Uh, it sounded like didn't want to put him there because, you know, if he's a backup, he's not really a backup quarterback, you know, so you're going to get it like a strong distraction. And uh, apparently backup quarterbacks are there to, to literally give the starting quarterback coffee if he asked for it. You know what I mean? So can you imagine Cam Newton, you know, <laughs> taking that? No. Yeah. No fucking way, dude. Who needed a backup or who wanted to, to you know, and COVID probably didn't help, and the, the Panthers really screwed him over, you know, didn't really release him until after most teams had taken quarterbacks. So um, Patriots, of course, come in, swoop in, get him for the monster deal of a million with incentives. Yeah, that's that don't yeah, even, dude, it's wild. It's, it's fucking it's, it's nuts. insane. Um, I'm more impressed with that. And um, <clears throat> I learned about uh, man-sized bats in the Philippines this week, which is fun. Man, terrifying bats. I think that's fake, though. I don't. There's no way. There, I saw. Uh, I saw some pictures and some videos. They look. They look pretty big. Um, I. It was just interesting to see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're the new I, Batman. I saw an interesting theory on Twitter, which is full of interesting theories, obviously. But on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, it was talking about how we're living in a world with the butterfly effect, like currently changing things, like. Like somebody's trying to go back and save the world right now, and they keep fucking up and changing things. Like, and things are getting worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> murder hornets appeared, and then they're just gone. And now fucking COVID appeared, and now it's like gone. Now it's back, and now we have fucking human vampire bats in the Philippines. And I'm sure those will be gone after like somebody goes back and tries to fix that. Like somebody's trying to save the world right now, like fucking Rick and Morty, yeah. and they're just making it worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good con. I, I always <clears throat> thought about maybe writing a story about being able to go back in the past and try and save like things, you know, people, assassinations. But how much would it really like fuck up, you know, kind of like Quantum Leap? Anybody seen Quantum Leap with uh, Scott? Of Bakula? course. Mm-hmm, it's kind of like course. like that, but you know, you back and you save like you know weird shit to see and see the effects, and you can show that person like, hey, if I save you, this is what happens. So you have to stick to your plan, you know, um, which is an mm-hmm. interesting interesting theory. To, to say the least. Yeah, it's been done. So let's go yeah. to our third host. Our third host of the evening. Return to my macho man voice. We have. I was wondering if you were going to go back. 
the one, the only, Zach, the heart, and the hype, Barlow. How you living, brother? Oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Zach, the heart, and the hype, here to tell you about my day. <laughs> so, um. There's zero masculinity behind that. That was so soft and sweet. Like, ooh, here to yeah. tell you. Ooh. <laughs> I did. I just, my, dude. My, I, I like. I really could go for it, but I feel like it was just. It would just wreck my vocal cords. You seem like the background podcast, of like Destiny's you know? Child with that, dude. Ooh, like, oh yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about my day. <laughs> Sing it, Queen Bee. That's like a Let's singer. Go. A singing wrestler. <laughs> oh God. You're the bard. Great. Zach the Bard Barlow. Great. It's changed. There you go. There you go. Um, so funny thing just happened. So we just moved to a new area and it's a pretty, it's a pretty bougie area. It's like, uh, it's just, I've never even been to this place and I've never lived in a place like this. And I hate small talk. Like that's one thing about me. Like I, I really don't like to just run into randos at the store and be like, Oh, Hey, how you been for the last eight weeks? How was your day? I'm just like, bruh, come on, man. Like if I, if I needed to have that conversation with you, We'd already be having it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just trying to buy my coffee and get on with my life. I'm just, I'm not into that type of thing. Alicia loves it. But me, I'm always just like, man, miss me with that. Sure. Um, I get a knock on my door literally minutes before we start recording this. And I'm just like, oh, that's weird. Nobody's home. You know, who, who might that be? And it's, it's an entire family that's our neighbor. And they have, like, flowers. And they have, like, a bottle of, like, strawberry lemonade that they bought from like some farmer's market with like a card tape to it it says welcome and they're just like hey it's like three little girls and a little boy and a mom and a dad and i'm just sitting here like by myself like i work from home all day freaking beard scraggly going on i'm just like oh god <laughs> like Are you wearing now pants? i have to like snap right into luckily i was wearing pants but i was not ready for like the neighborly cheer that I just had to go through. And they're just like, hey, yeah, welcome to the neighborhood. And I'm just like, thanks, guys. I had to met their kids and showed them the cats to try to ease the awkwardness. It was a very – it was super awkward. I appreciate the the, the, the gesture, gesture. But, man, like – That's some 1960s was, shit, dude. That's a, I know. That's it's still like happening. Meet, meet the Beavers <laughs> thing. Like, they're yeah. just like, hey, howdy, neighbor. None of them were, were wearing, wearing masks. I was going to ask, were they masked? No. <laughs> no. Of course None of not. Them were. Of course not. And like, it's just like, what do you like? How do you handle that in this COVID situation? You I get a hose and you fucking hose them down, bro. It's like, yeah, this, this is what happens. That's what happens so when you come yeah, to Barlow I'm, State. I'm, I'm, I'm living in like the the Meet the Beavers neighborhood, and <laughs> so there's that. Have you seen the episode of Sunny where Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs, and they try and live in the suburbs for like a month? <laughs> no. It's a no. ch- it's a challenge that Frank bets them that he can't they can't do it and he'll like buy them a year's worth of rent if they prove they can and they have this neighbor named Wally who's this old white man that every single time Dennis comes home wow it's a hot one huh and he goes yeah Wally is it a fucking hot one and he's like freaks out on every time he sees it it's incredible so I imagine you could relate to that right now. Yes, I can. The old suburb move, but mm-hmm. enough about us. Nobody wants to hear about us. We're here to talk about some great great comics and some great great beer and this is a very fun and interesting episode because we have invasion from planet wrestletopia to talk about today it's a comic you can only find currently on comiXology it is coming to paperback soon hopefully um and the writers are matt enton and ed kunal art by dan Schade, and it is from the starburns industry Press, which if you've heard of Starburns, if you've seen Community, you might recognize it. Dan Harmon, the one, the man, the myth, the legend, one of my personal heroes, uh, creator of Rick and Morty, creator of Community, creator of Harmon Quest. Um, he runs Starburns uh, industry. So this is a pretty cool setup that they've connected with. Um, and Matt and Ed are over at uh, Suspicious Behavior Productions. And they're the writers of this book. And so they sent this over to us to, to review. Um, and we're trying to get the word out there because uh, we read it and we'll talk about how much fun we had. And we're also going to be drinking Daydream Hazy Ale, Neon Daydream Hazy Ale from uh, Deschutes Brewery. So uh, without further ado, we'll start off with that beverage breakdown. Break it down again. I spilled it on myself. Um, so it's... It's fun that we uh, are doing Deschutes because it just happens to be uh, the seasonal beer that came out we wanted to review 
Um, I posted on Twitter today that we were reviewing Deschutes, and uh, Matt and Ed from Suspicious Behavior responded saying that's one of their favorite breweries, and they had a, a growler of it at home already. So shout out to Deschutes. You're already creating friendships. Um, they're over in Bend, Oregon, so pretty close to where pretty much our backyard. Um, Zach, you're not drinking today, but you've had some Deschutes in your day, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I feel like Deschutes is pretty popular in, in the Pacific Northwest. It's yeah. kind of local. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not like local, local, like a Seattle brewery. But, I mean, I count Oregon breweries as part of the hop hop snob beer culture that we that we have going up here in the in the microbrew Pacific Northwest. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of their Fresh Squeeze, and they got, they got a lot of popular ones out there. Ooh, Fresh Squeeze is one of the all-time greats. It's sure. a good one. It's a good one. Um, and JR, have you tried this beer yet? I have not. Um, I do. I already like. I already like the company Deschutes. We they seem very um, attentive to like social media and likings. They like, you know, they liked our posts on Instagram. You know, at the beginning of the week and um, a lot. We do all these. Normally, we do this stuff and we post stuff, and they, a lot of them don't like or even put two cents when we tag them. So it's kind of nice to see. You know, I already like that feel about about them. You know, like. Like Zach was saying, it's a home. It's not in Washington, but it, you know, it's still local, and it they give you that that mom and pop feeling with that that attention. So I already like it. So. Yeah, yeah, they're they're big league, but they're not too big league for you. So yeah, for they sure. don't got that ego stamped on their their label. I think they're just busy, Jr. They'll like your comment eventually. I need them to like it every fucking time. <laughs> okay, I put a lot of fucking work into social media, and it drives me apps when when I don't even barely touch. I don't even have one really on mine personal life. <laughs> it's all for the podcast it's all for your our viewers and our our peeps out there so <laughs> the work we put in uh, so all you have to do to earn earn jr's love is like a comment and all of a sudden you get yeah i was just thinking i can't wait for him to try this and tell us that this is like the best beer he's ever had in his <laughs> yeah life. he's already a little biased <laughs> it's already tainted all right it's already like it's got the, i can the love is pouring out of the bottle i'm gonna let it breathe for a second because last time yeah. i didn't let it breathe and i guess i did you should really pour it into a glass man i tell i'm telling you it changes it, it does, changes it things. does it, it opens it up um you should let it breathe a little bit and this one has quite the nodes on it so Neon Daydream is interesting. So when I first saw it, I saw Neon Daydream Hazy Ale, and I assumed I saw a hazy um, IPA. IPA, yeah. And it's not. It's not an IPA. So this this uh, is kind of a hazy mix of emotions, if you ask me. It's got Pilsner malt, it's got 25% wheat, and it's got flaked oats. Um, and so you, typically in a hazy uh, IPA, that is, you get the hazy body from when you add in the hops, and a lot of times you add in the hops early in the fermentation process um, to let the oxygen attach to the hops and it creates this uh, this uh, like hazy texture. It's almost like if you muddle a drink, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to straining, you still have some floaters in there and it kind of adds that mm-hmm. texture and that flavor. It's not necessarily floaters in here, but the body's created by um, the time frame of when you add in the hops. Now with this not being an IPA, um, they could have added in, there are still hops. There's cashmere, Simcoe, and lemon drop hops, but the flaked oats, from what I've read, is what adds the body and the haziness to it because it doesn't all dissolve fully and it kind of creates a cloudy texture to it. So hmm. um, it's a Pilsner slash wheat beer slash hazy ale. Like it's got all these different concoctions in it. And right off the nose, JR, for me personally, I get a lot of pineapple, like a little, like almost a mango, like a sweet, a sweet smell. What are you getting over there? Oh, yeah, I definitely get the. The pineapple, like, which is, I love pineapple, so one up there. <laughs> oh, weird. He likes it. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, when I first poured this, and, like, it has a nice white head when you pour it, right? And it, it uh, it, it, you ever had a glass of Pog? You know that juice that you get at the grocery store? No. No. Nope. Oh, Nobody's had what? Pog. No. Pog? What the heck is that? Pog? You never had Pog? P-O-G? Yeah, it's uh, something, Ooh. orange juice. Ooh. I think it's passion fruit, orange juice, and guava. It's called Pog. Ooh. Huh. Had it in college all the time. It's a great, it's a great mixer. But this is that's what I thought it was, was a glass of Pog. But then you taste it, and it's a lot more subtle than I would guess from the nose, because the nose is pretty powerful. That's actually it goes down smooth. Yeah. Like you there's like you get that like you, like you're right, you're about to smell it and you, you like you feel like you're gonna get that bitter taste, but you don't. You get like this nice smooth you know 
Well, I almost think it's the other way around. I think that you smell it and you think you're getting a, a sweetness punch with all that pineapple. I'm getting sweetness, but it's, but it's not like a punch. I feel it's like not it's, overly, no, it's not overly sweet I, at all. I, it kind of feels like I'm about to taste something bitter, but then it does. It turns into something sweet. So it's kind of like Jordan. No, oh, I don't know why you wow. would assume bitterness, oh, but I. Wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> so JR approves. Um, no, I really enjoy it. I think that a lot of times when you get a, a pineapple or a mango or these hazy beers, you get a lot of a lot of sweetness, and you can only have a few of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't drink the IPAs for the sweetness. The sweetness is a an okay touch sometimes if it's done right. But I really like that bitterness and that punch. This doesn't have too much bitterness, but it has a little bit. Um, it has more than a typical pilsner or a wheat beer would because of the uh, way they brewed it. So it's really sessionable, and it's still crisp and refreshing, yeah. so you can drink it. It's, it's our summer seasonal. So Is it heavier than a Pilsner? It's a little bit heavier with that hazy body, but it's it's really not not bad at all. Like It's like a heavier mm. lager. It's it's, mm. inter- it's an interesting beer. I've never really had one like it, um, but I'm a fan, and I think that you could yeah, you could drink a few of these. So cheers to you. Sounds like a summer beer. It's a, it's the, that's, the, that's the plan, Z. That's the point to this one, I think. And, yeah. I'm a fan of shoots. All right. So that's our beverage breakdown of the day. Um, now let's dive into our boys over at Suspicious Behavior and what happens in Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia, JR. Whoa, there's like um, a lot that actually goes on in this story, which is. In five issues, you get quite a bit, um, but it's it's mm-hmm. starring rock and roll Rory Landell, and it's in the 1980s, so if you're a big 80s fan, it starts there and ends up in the 90s, so you kind of get both. I love the 90s, so, um, and the, the story follows follows him, and he, you know, he comes out fabulous. He comes out strong. He comes out ready to conquer the world, and he's up to take the title, and uh, doesn't get the title it gets kind of i guess that seems like the, a normal wrestling i'm not a big you know uh big wrestling fan but it seems like you get a chance to win the belt and then something bigger comes and that's exactly what the you know promoter um dresden decides to hey it's, we're gonna go we're gonna go a different route and so that is exactly what happens to to rory and he goes on this path of like is this is this for me? Is this do I really you know? He kind of take. I'm better than this. I, I'm I'm the guy who brings the money to the to the game. I'm the I'm the star of the show, and you're gonna let this stupid bear who can put you in a uh, an armbar move take my spot. Which by the way, I think is awesome if a bear could actually do that. So the bear is in it, but it's this the Cub Scout or whatever, right? The Boy Scout that was gonna get the top yeah, spot. Schultz. I thought. Um, yeah, Schultz. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that, the fact they had a bear, like legitimate wrestling bear, yeah. was Which is, amazing. Comes back later. Shows you how, story. yeah, shows you how silly the world is that they're yeah. creating. Um, <clears throat> and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the art, which I like because it fits the story really well. The art, like I, mm-hmm. I'm not like a, I, I love great art, and I love, but I'm not. It's more. It's a bit cartoony the art, um, but it, I think it's got a great feel to it, and the. Um, the colors are really good on this like it's not easy to get a colorist you know to come in and 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 do a good job and they, this does a really good job so that story you're feeling that story the panels are put together really well and you're starting to to get that that angst like wow this guy's getting shafted but he's kind of a douchebag anyways you know like so maybe mm-hmm. he deserves it um so he you yeah, know I got a big zach vibe for him yeah <laughs> a zach vibe what <laughs> He's what? A bit <laughs> no, no, not at all. I got, I got a Jesse the Body Ventura vibe from this guy. I feel like there was some inspiration. Jesse there. the Body Ventura is he the one in Predator? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that he? Was he the governor of Minnesota at some point? Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, right. That's the same guy. I, I, he could be. I mean, I feel like that's just fitting. Predator people that were in Predator end up being governors usually. I mean, Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. Probably, probably Jesse. I don't know. Yeah, I think it, I think that's true. Um, I don't know. We'll get we'll get our facts checker on that. So they'll fill in. Carl Weathers at, at some point will be governor. I would Car- vote for him. I would vote for Carl Weathers. He was amazing. <laughs> Fuck and Happy yeah. Gilmore. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Add some broth and a bone. You got yourself a stew. Yeah, I dig it. Um, Go ahead. So yeah, I mean the story heads that way, and he has a fit, and next thing you know, he's like, "Screw this! I'm gonna, I'm gonna go my own way." He's supposed to do this promotion, 
and like you're in that normal, you know, wrestling promotion, and he take you know he's all dressed up, he's ready for the the show, and he decides to go another way and claims to he doesn't need the the belt from from this uh, wrestling federation. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's actually the galaxy champion and throws that out there. Um, mm-hmm. And with that, with what's his belt? What's he make his belt out of? A pizza box. <laughs> it says, <laughs> yeah, it says Galaxy Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the Galactic Champion. He's the Galactic Champion. Um, I don't know. I, I'd be kind of um, I, I one thing I love about this so so far is their writing on here and the, the quick names and the 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 you know they say Jive you know uh, that's Jive you talking sir Cecil you know. Grade A mm-hmm. certified jive. Like I, I love that. I mean, that that was really great um, to see. And uh, the, I guess the, I don't know, I, be kind of really cool for one of us to read it that has that, you know, wrestling. You know, the end speed. <laughs> Who's got? Yes, yeah, Zach, you're I, up. I, I, I up. love, I love Rory's character because I love how he like rhymes. Yes. He'll be like, Rory, the one of a kind, never commit a crime. Like, he's like, like as I read his his like dialogue, I like take on this like persona. I feel like where he's just like flexing in the camera and rhyming and moving around, and I just I feel like Rory Landell is is like a perfect protagonist for this like silly fun story because he's just he's a ham and it's like perfect, like this wrestling ham who's just like fucking a rapper too like it's just it's amazing yeah, it's, i love i love rory a lot yeah, so do i i love his shirt rory's number one fan that he actually wears himself yeah. with a <laughs> yeah. I don't know, what is he wearing on his forehead like a bandana or something that a rocky of course bandana. he is uh, of course he is uh, yeah or mm-hmm. a, a ryu bandana but uh that's kind of you know the end of of book one i mean it, it's it was a great read it's a it's you know it's like 25 pages but you fly through that book so yeah, i was very yeah. i was very fast. impressed you know a lot of this is the first time we're we're doing um an independent book this way you know we're writers and and um and artists kind of reach out to us to review so i'm i've never gone that i mean i've gone deep into independent books you know but i've this is like you know on the you know dropbox status like. yeah i mean we're we're you know this is like, like almost a guy in the street like hey you want to listen to my cd you gotta give me five bucks you know but uh, <laughs> um and then you pop it in and you're like oh this guy's right. got bars this yeah. guy's got yeah. bars yeah okay. this guy's got some heat yeah. okay <laughs> okay um, yeah i think have the, you guys good uh, have you guys seen the movie ready to rumble uh, that was, yes come on man dude i got that dude movie. it's i will oh, you rule. Have, i own it too dude, you like, own it too that's yeah. like one of my okay all right all right yeah that's like one of uh, Jordan and mine favorite movies. It's like a cult classic. I feel like I ask that because I'm used to people not ever hearing about it. And it's about uh, the king. And his line is, I will rule you. And it's about um, his fall from grace, essentially. I mean, he he's like the world champion. And he's he's crowns everybody and blah, 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 blah. And then he has a moment where um, – it's kind of a, a bit of a different story from this, but he ends up disagreeing with the promoter. The promoter wants to go a different way and he still wants to be the champion and that he ends up getting his beat up. And then he ends up, um, you know, kind of quitting wrestling. And at the end of the first book, uh, you get to see Rory like years later and he's just like a fat, like <laughs> alcoholic guy. Who's just like, you know, fighting in the dark corners of somewhere trying to just get enough money to drink that night. You know, he's just, He's a mess. And, and, and like, I just, it reminds me of that story so much of, you know, that burnout wrestler who lost it all and then needs to like come back and, you know, recapture his former glory. So it, it really hits close to my heart. I mean, I love that movie. Yeah. And I, so that's a great movie. Took, There's a great, you scene. took my final conclusion out of my fucking, did you? <laughs> no, God damn it. I had a whole thing lined up and you just did it. Uh, oh, sorry, man. Okay. I, now, you got, I agree. now you got to think on the fly. Yeah, it's that story. Um, but um, one thing to I love about that movie is there's they they do like an acoustic version of Dancing um, with the Devil by Van Halen and transition when they're in the van. I thought it was Highway to Hell. Oh, nope, it was uh, Van Halen. Um, Running dancing. with the devil. Yeah, running with yeah. the devil. Yeah, running with the devil. Yeah, the you're, devil. Right. Yeah, you're right. They're like you're right. they're like singing yeah. with the it, the nuns. Yeah, <laughs> the nuns and they yeah. like hitchhiked. Running with the devil. Yep. Man, 
that was dude great. the best part of that movie still to this day i think is when he he's getting the, trying to get a refill a free refill on the slurpee and he sticks his finger up his ass <laughs> as he yeah. walks back into 7-eleven and he's like and it's david arquette and scott Kahn, and he's like and david arquette's got his finger up his ass he's like why why does it look like you have your finger up your ass he's like because I do? God, you're fucking <laughs> stupid. And he walks inside and puts his finger over the lid and puts it in the nose of the clerk. He's like, hey, he's this like, smells like shit. my Slurpee. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, How'd you get all the way to the I bottom, dude? How'd you drink the whole thing? So, and Power through it. <laughs> and that, that makes so much sense why I think we love this movie. I'm not a huge wrestling fan, but I did, I did love that movie. I saw that movie a long time ago, um, and I loved it because it was so funny. It was so entertaining. Um, and you do, you, you're starting to get that development of that story and and this one's starting to do the same thing you know he goes through that you could see him he's coming on the rise you know rory he you know but he takes a different route now he's at the bottom of the pile and and on all that you know light years away you have this race a planet where it's which i think is an amazing thing it's literally people who just wrestle so they're walking around in tidies you know tidy <laughs> underwear and knee pads and it's like a race of wrestlers yeah. Planet WrestleTopia. Planet WrestleTopia, and at the end, there's a consequence to your actions, which we love in stories, by the way, and that's where the actual the audio gets to, you know, light years away. You know, so it turns out 15 years later, it gets to Manifest Destiny, which is the leader of that planet, and um, mm-hmm. he, you know, his, his the way he talks is he's talking like a promo the whole time, you know, so it's pretty mm-hmm. like flexing his shoulders mm-hmm. back and forth all the dialogue is like fucking <laughs> like stereotypical wrestling dialogue and it's amazing i love yeah. it mm-hmm. so um and manifest destiny is pissed because in all those years before rory said that he's the galactic champion yeah. mm-hmm. and so manifest destiny's like i'm the galactic champion nobody challenges me <laughs> and so he goes back to earth to try to challenge rory who by this time is like fat and drunk and like not Over even the wrestling hill. anymore yeah just yeah. Well, he's wrestling. He's wrestling for uh, cheap promos with, what's his name, Macho, the little Hispanic wrestler with him. Little Luchador. Luch- yeah. yeah, Luchador. And uh, <laughs> that's in, we'll, we're getting to book two, I guess. He uh, He's he's like wrestling at in like dive bars and like just pounding beers and in, in, in shitty places. And there's uh, one of the wrestling matches he's wrestling for. He has to, the giveaway is a prowler, like a cheap car. And uh, and then we 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 kind of over over uh, shot Don, who's like his mentor, his uh, who's the like his coach in the corner of the ring or whatever. Oh, it's Don, like his um, yeah, his mentor, yeah, his like yeah, the his, guy that prepares his, him and his uh, his manager, promoter, and, yeah, yeah, and he's like, you banged a hooker in the prowler, they're gonna give away. And he's, he goes, uh, prostitution's legal in Nevada. And he goes, we're in Arizona, you asshole. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> there's so many good lines in this. And yeah. I just really love the writing. It's super good. And and in the second book, they kind of give you a little bit of history of kind of where Rory comes from. They talk about his dad a little bit, you know, um, trailer yep. park, you know, didn't come from a lot. You know, they're like 500 bucks is like, you know nothing you know like they you know it's like the it's like all they could come up with and that's like you know feeding their family and um so you kind of you kind of see that a little bit and it, it does transition to where, where rory is like i mean he had a bad knee but his knee's like really bad at this point and you know it's popping and clicking mm-hmm. um and he is he's no i can relate yep, <laughs> i don't have a bad knee but uh he does you know they he's he's no longer in the af awf the awf was the you know the big you know big 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 you know, promotion entertainment company and he's just going from these like little towns you know and um kind of you know i kind of wish ethan was on this episode from destin city because he kind of had that description about where he went from like little town to little town you know they would put on these you know these great shows at um these small venues and um yeah for the listeners out there ethan is the uh, owner of destiny city comics who's mm-hmm. comic book store owner slash professional wrestler yeah. which is the coolest thing in the world and he was on the episode with us a couple uh, weeks ago that was a month ago month about ago. a month ago yeah we've we've been flying through weeks. so things have been flying for us at here at uh hh uh headquarters um a lot of <laughs> lot of uh, time flies yeah for sure <laughs> got a lot of promoting our promoters have been out there you know getting us ready for our matches and our uh our wrestling uh 
championships coming up. Oh, so you know, God, just just for the love of God, move on. Um, uh. sorry, I get I get frisky. I get frisky. Um, I love it. I love a frisky Jr. But the uh, at this point, you know, the like I said, the the audio of being the greatest wrestler in the galaxy, the champion of the galaxy, hit the that planet, and they're coming to Earth. And I thought this mm-hmm. was amazing. I thought this was the, the one of the best parts in the whole book, the whole series, was they put a cage match around the fucking planet. I, I love that, that, dude. So... I, I wrote that down, too. It was such a good touch. I couldn't even. I was like, did they really put a fucking cage match around the whole? Like, that is amazing altogether. Yeah. Um, that was an amazing concept that they did. So. I, I just feel like in wrestling, too, like, nothing. the stakes never get higher than, like, <laughs> the steel cage. <laughs> like, that's always, like, the, the ceiling of, like, where we can go is the steel cage. And so them putting it around the earth is, like, it's just it's perfect. It's like, all right. The stakes are high. The steel cage is around the earth. It's just great. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, yeah. And it, it, and obviously what they're doing is they're invading Earth. And they're coming in and um, they are... Arm barring every everybody. motherfucker they see. Um, Leg locks, fucking everything. DVTs. Um, my <laughs> favorite amazing. scene is right at... Like my all-time favorite scene of this whole book is right after that. And it's where Don is in bed with his uh, his significant other. And it looks like a retirement home to me that he's they're staying at. But... Um, Oh, it's a Playa del... Yeah, it's a senior living house that they're there. And so Don's a player till the end, of course. Um, but they're watching the news because she, she loves Wynn Phillips, which is this, like... Uh, I guess it's, like, um, the morning... Some anchor. Yeah, so it's kind of, like, New York morning show, you know. Um, yeah. And he's talking, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this fucking chair and just whacks him out of the fucking screen. <laughs> which made me laugh so loud. Like, I kept... I was reading that in bed, and I laughed out so loud, and um, that's my favorite my favorite scene out of the whole, play, out of the whole thing. Um, not that there's not any other good ones, but uh, Manifest Desi comes on and the earth, and he's like, people of earth, you know, and starts doing his speech and it's long i mean it's not like a little speech it's really long you know so um no yeah it's it's great yeah chaos ensues when planet wrestletopia invades and (laughs) it's hilarious they're they're just beating the shit out of everyone and then like the the un like comes together to try and figure out how to like resolve this and then they start fighting each other and like (laughs) elbow dropping each other and like it's just a ridiculously silly part but there's a there's a great line with uh, on the news that you're talking about, it's when the I think the Alaska brown bear is released. I'm not sure if this was later on. Sounds or later not, on, but... like in the mall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the Alaska brown bear escaped after this match, and it's the one that was wrestling with fucking human beings. The bear went on a rampage at the Northview Shopping Center, suplexing several shoppers before raiding a steam and weenie. <laughs> Police state: If you see the bear, do not take a photo with it or give it alcohol. <laughs> Those are the, <laughs> the two fucking warnings. Oh man. Great stuff. Um, and so what's going on now is like a plan starting to formulate for the, the Restotopia citizens. And there's kind of a little bit of a – which I thought it was an amazing touch was they, they, they kind of had Manifest Destiny's goal, which is to, to beat Rory on Nash like galaxy stage where everybody gets to see – I'm dominant. Nobody ever says that. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of – I'm the galactic I'm champion. I'm the galactic champion. I'm the winner of everything. And – and then all of a sudden, there's kind of like this behind the scheme going on between with his people. Like they want to overtake Manifest Destiny, and so you're starting to see these schemes come together. You know, Sunny Jim. Sunny yeah. Jim has a plan to backstab. There's always somebody that wants to backstab the the man's going for the belt. You yeah. Know? Yep. Yep. And so they actually, uh, there's like almost like two like sets of people going after you know. Rory at this point, you know, in in book two, and they're fighting at a bar. You know, he's uh, he's trying to um, you know, just get his drink on because he, him, and Don had a fallen out, so he's just trying to get his drink on, and he hits the bar, and you know, they attack him. That's kind of the end of um, uh, if book two, and really, um, we were talking about the macho, the the little person, the, the macho libre or whatever libre is uh. It's Mini Macho, which is that's his name. <laughs> I don't know if that's. I don't know how offensive that could be, but it's, uh, um, he comes. He's, he's a little guy. He's, yeah, he's a little guy. He comes in the in the in the um, third book, and the third. He's book, a savage, though, dude. He is. He, he like does. He is a savage. He does all these like flips mm-hmm. and stuff. I thought was great. Um, in the third book, mm-hmm. there's more like that. They're um, they're literally. Uh, 
you, this in the third book this the the like the cross the 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 like the, where they're double crossing starting to happen more and um they're still chasing them dresden becomes more of a factor you know they, they the, the the i guess the sub society wants dresden to, to take hey we're gonna take over this you're gonna we're gonna give you a part of the world you're gonna lead this part and so now he has an, a, an a other agenda coming into play now yeah he'll be the most powerful like human right. in the world at that point so um and of course he, he fights for can right can you imagine if vince mcmahon was the most powerful I was just man thinking that, in dude. the world oh, dude like, i feel like if be? you approach vince mcmahon with that <laughs> offer i feel like he's like i will do whatever it takes <laughs> yeah. i will literally do anything <laughs> so I yeah. just minutes later apocalypse yeah like, just yeah. over, over. Yeah. Point. um for sure one of the cool parts about that is they still kind of kept like the character in there of like uh, the main promoter this billionaire promoter millionaire pro- promoter and he like he's still fighting for deals he's like i want tv rights i want yeah <laughs> which i thought was yep. pretty funny um and he yeah. manifest destiny doesn't really care he just wants to fight at on the main stage um but uh mini mini macho comes in and saves you know rory here and does his you know kicks these guys ass that were tearing up rory and um, saves him from from being taken because that's what they want. They want to kidnap him, and that's basically you know, for the most part, what they're gonna do throughout the book is they're after Rory. There's some other characters that come in, um, and there's some you know that I think are hilarious. I love um, <clears throat> I love uh, you know uh, just the 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 I love the action in this book. So I mean, I love that they're kind of on like a journey with these other characters and. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to watch. And obviously, this is the world's taking over. The, this is taking over the news. So, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of where they leave us in the story, right? Where Rory's, you know, being chased by both Sunny Jim and the people for Sunny Jim and the people yeah. for Manifest Destiny. And you know, you know that there's going to be some type of ultimate fight or ultimate conclusion. But uh, they, I don't think they've released that that book yet. No, we, no, right? right. They haven't got so they've they released five issues. They're they're planning to conclude the arc with the sixth, um, and we're actually going to have uh, Matt and Ed on next month to talk about this. So we're really excited about that, and we'll figure out some more about that. We assume it's COVID related, but um, there could be a, could be other reasons. Uh, one thing I really I was ask him what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, just tell us. Uh, one, First question. <laughs> one thing I really enjoyed in the later books is like yeah, three and four kind of blend together. There's a little bit of ma- um, mini machos backstory in there. Um, and then there's a lot of action, but, uh, when Rory finds Jay Warcloud in the desert, oh, yeah. and he, him and he gives him peyote <laughs> oh, yeah. and like, he doesn't know what it is. And <laughs> he goes on yeah. this spirit, spirit quest, which is so fucking like, it's been done, but it's awesome. Cause it's like called egomania and it's him fighting like <laughs> the worst versions of himself. And there's like cigars and like whiskey and like syringes like floating in the sky while he's fighting like versions of himself. And I don't know. It was really fucking cool. I thought that was a really cool, interesting uh, way of portraying battling your demons. You yeah. Know? Out in the desert. I love how that he finds out that he just took peyote too. He looks at this chief war cloud and he's like, I thought that egg salad was a little bit bitter. And then the guy's just like, yeah, that was peyote. <laughs> and then like the next comic is like his eyes getting like hella big. And <laughs> yeah. then like colors come into the panels and he's just like, Oh shit. It's like, that's hilarious. Dude, I didn't realize this was a Dan Harmon. Like, product i mean it's not a product of him but he's sponsoring it or publishing it until but when you read everything like this is so up rick and morty's alley like just like the cartoon theme the ridiculous characters the bright colors the drugs the alcohol the women the time travel basically like there's so much into it that it's just it's so fun and the reason why everybody loves that show so if you like rick and morty i think yeah. you really like this comic but um mm-hmm. before we go into uh Craft or trash. Uh, first off, Jr. Do you have anything more of the story you want to get out there? No, I, I, I just, I, I think it's great. There's some really good scenes. There's a scene uh, where they fight in a water park and they fight down a slide, which I thought was pretty funny. You know, um, like how, <laughs> like you, you got a bunch of guys dressed in wrestling suits and aliens dressed in wrestling. Um, but, yeah. But other, other than that, um, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, it's just like you said, you kind of the last two two three issues they kind of it's a uh, journey uh, action chasing you know figuring out ways to get to their destiny you know their final destination so 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's good. action that it's not it's not like un, like it's very entertaining action. It's just hard to explain over a podcast. You just kind of got to read it. You know? Yeah, we don't want to like, give everything point. away. You got to read it and enjoy. I think with any comic book we do, we don't want to give too many details. But you know, there's definitely um, a, a lot going on at the end. And and you're right. It's not like uh, there's some backstory to the triple D, which we didn't mention. You know, and why they lost a third mm-hmm. D. <laughs> you know, which I thought was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. He becomes an accountant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which I thought yeah. was funny. So. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, we you got to read the book. I mean, I mean, it's not com- comicology, so and it's not expensive, so we recommend that you go no. go do that and um, read it. So for sure. All right. Well, before we go into ranking them, let's go uh, beneath the ink with our boy Z, aka the Hard Knight. So for this episode, I thought that. Um, one thing kind of stood out to me, and I feel like wrestling is uh, like a unique, uh, I mean, it's unique for a lot of reasons, but uh, one of the reasons is that everything is scripted. So it seems like it's kind of like a, like an athletic competition, but in reality, you know, if you're, you know, the champion, you're Hulk Hogan, like you get told, all right, you're going to leg, atomic leg drop him and pin him, and then you're going to get the belt, and then you're going to keep it moving. And so that also means that if you're the champion and you lose, They'll say, okay, so here's what we're going to do. You know, Sting's going to come out. He's going to smash you in the face with a bat. You're going to go down. He's going to pin you. He's going to get the belt. And you have to be cool with that, which a lot of people aren't always. There's egos involved. And we see that uh, in wrestling examples all the time. One being in Ready to Rumble, right, where the king was like, fuck no, I'm not going to lose my belt. Like, you can fuck off. And then even in this, in the very beginning, when Rory is about to fight for the championship, I think actually he might be the champion or he's going to fight for the championship. He's going to be in a huge match, and he wants to win it. And the promoter essentially kind of screws him over and is like, no, the ratings, you know, change. Like, we're going to do this. And, you know, this is your script. This is what you have to say to, you know, stick with it and, and we'll keep it moving. And then Rory kind of goes off on his own and, and, and does his thing, which starts everything. Well, that actually has happened once in real life. And it's a super famous wrestling moment. It's called the Montreal Screwjob. And I am going to tell you guys about it right now. So Hell yeah. Um, so Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, super famous wrestler. He wrestled for WWF at the time, now WWE and WCW. Um, this was before he went to WCW. This is actually how he left WWF. Um, so a little bit of backstory. He was the world champion at the time and he took a hiatus. And during his hiatus, he, um, entertained a number of contracts because at the time WCW was a rival company and they wanted him really bad and so they gave him a ton of money offered and and Vince McMahon gave him a ton of money and you know he ended up going with WCW but he was still the champion of WWF so he gets in a a match with Shawn Michaels the uh, the heartbreak kid and um, Vince McMahon you know tells him like okay you know Brett you're gonna you're gonna put him in the sharpshooter and you're gonna pin him and then you're gonna win but then has a fucking side conversation with Shawn Michaels, telling Shawn Michaels, like, all right, this is actually what's going to happen. And um, this is how it ensues. On November 8th, 1997, uh, Survivor Series, McMahon met uh, with Michaels in a hotel room in Montreal and planned the screw job. It was unclear how many people knew of the impending betrayal, but McMahon's close aides... Uh, a bunch of people, Sergeant Slaughter, had been involved in the planning. Jim Ross has insisted that he did not know the screw job would take place, although many, including various members of Hart's family, thought he was involved. Ross stated that Jerry Lawyer, who's also like somebody uh, that announces, was, in- was involved. So tensions and excitements were high as the wrestlers and officials congregated for the Survivor ser- Series. Montreal was sold out, more than 20,000 fans. Um, once the match began... Hart and Michaels brought their performance outside the ring and into the crowd while being followed by McMahon and WWF officials. So McMahon was there. As the climax of the match approached, the two wrestlers returned to the ring while WWF officials continued to order more personnel to ringside. Hart's suspicions, so he's starting to get suspicious, like why is there a bunch of wrestlers that are at ringside right now? Mm -hmm. Hart's suspicions were first aroused upon noticing that Vince McMahon was not at the announcer's table to perform commentary, and that on-screen commissioner Sergeant Slaughter was also standing at ringside with Vince McMahon. Nevertheless, the match continued as planned. Michaels pushed Hebner in front of him as Hart jumped from the top turnbuckle, sending all three men to the canvas. Hebner was the referee. 
Michaels and Hart got, both got up, but Michaels performed a rake on Hart's eye, sending Hart back to the mat. Michaels then proceeded to grab Hart's leg to execute the sharpshooter maneuver. So what was planned is that he was supposed to reverse this. Hart was supposed to reverse this. At this point, the match director was heard shouting instructions into his headset for Hebner to get up, but Hart did not notice anything amiss. The referee was supposed to run into Hebner, went down, began yelling back that Hebner was not supposed to be up yet. Pat Patterson reacted in a similar way, and Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith, who were waiting for their cues to run in, remained backstage. Uh, and then Mike Yeaton, who's a second referee, shouted, ring the bell. McMahon then elbowed Yeaton hard and yelled, ring the fucking bell. Yeaton and the bell rang just as Hart reached forward and grabbed Michael's leg, which broke the hold and caused Michael's to fall. So he was put in a, ch- in a hold, tried to get out like was planned, and then they fucking rang the bell. So he lost his belt. Bret Hart got up. Spit in Vince McMahon's face. This is all on video, by the way. Spits in his face. Fucking starts cursing out everybody. Shawn Michaels runs away. Then he grabs the TV. Like, he, there's, you know how there's, like, a cameraman and shit, like, on the side of the ring? Picks up the cameras, starts smashing the cameras, smashing the TVs. Like, goes on a fucking rampage, basically. And um, then he goes back in the middle of the ring and, and traces WCW. In, in front of the camera and then flips off everybody and then bounces and that's the last time he ever he was ever on WWF. Wow. Jesus. So Yeah. So Michaels was the Diamond Dallas Page in this particular scenario. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> yep. Shawn Michaels was the Diamond Dallas Page where they fucked off they they uh screwed over Bret Hart and um there there's like rumors that since then Bret Hart was like trying to kill Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh, so Vince Jesus. McMahon like had like all these security officers officers everywhere and he was just super paranoid because he thought one day like Bret Hart was just gonna show up and fucking murk him. And so it was pretty serious. I mean it was like I know it's just wrestling, but I mean it was a very serious thing. And then Bret ends up going to WCW and then having a career there. Although at that point he was kind of past his prime. Cause there was a moment where Bret was like the best wrestler in the world, like the number one dude. Um and then, like, the story gets even more fucked up because Brett's uh, brother, Owen Hart, stayed with the WWF uh, while Brett was with WCW. And Owen Hart ended up fucking dying. He ended up doing a stunt that Vince, Vince McMahon wanted him to do, but he didn't really want to do it. And it was off a steel cage. And he straight up died. Like, so. Oh, shit. The Hart and McMahon saga is actually pretty interesting. Like, there's a lot that goes on because after that. Brett like blamed Vince for killing his brother all along with already screwing him over. So yeah, it's, it runs deep, but it's like an interesting dynamic, right? Because like, if somebody tells you, all right, you're not going to get the belt and you're in a head case, which a lot of these guys are chaos can ensue, you know? Well, and it sounds like he was told he was going to get the belt and then he was surprised by yes. Shawn Michaels. Yes. Not going with the script, which is yes. Like what? What do you and think? And it was all planned. What? It was all planned. Like there had to be a fi- another referee that came in. There had to be like Vince McMahon had other wrestlers there because he knew that Brett was gonna fucking rage. And so like it was. It's very much like the scene from Ready to Rumble. I mean, it's pretty much a recreation of that. Because if you remember, right when it's about to happen, a bunch of a bunch of dudes start running out of the the hall. Oh yeah, and they you all know jump if you're Brett, you're in the ring and you're like. What the fuck, dude? Like, wh- why are all these guys? You know, you have to know that some 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 weird shit's about to happen, and so, so yeah, that's actually based off of of a real thing. So, do you think Vince McMahon did that to get the reaction out of Brett that he knew he would get for the for the fireworks that ensued? Like, why would um, you not tell him? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I think that Vince McMahon. That's a good question. I think that Vince McMahon either knew that Brett didn't want to give up the belt or Vince McMahon knew that Brett had taken a contract with WCW, mm. but Brett hadn't hadn't um like they hadn't had that conversation. So if Vince might have just it might have just been a petty move. Like, bro, you're not going to hold the belt for WWF. I know you signed a contract for WCW. So, you know, I'm going to flex on you and take that belt away from you. So. Okay, and that's not like I don't. I'm not the most knowledgeable about wrestling, but that's not like the AFC and the NFC. That's like two different companies. Two like, different that's two entertainment different companies. One. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, no, they're not two. Like the AFC and the NFC are part of the NFL. Yeah. yeah. So like ultimately, like it's if both of those do well, the NFL does well. It's more like 
if you're Tom Brady and you signed a huge contract with the NFL and then like you break your contract and sign a contract with the XFL. Gotcha. <laughs> Which could happen, then, JR. No, it could happen. I don't think it's going to happen ever. <laughs> uh, I do. The one thing I know about WCW is um, it was owned by Aaron Spelling. Right, which is, uh, or is it the guy who owns TNT Turner? It was Turner, um, which is competitive com- uh, compared to you know, which is a com- was a competitive company when Vic- Vince McMahon owned WWF. So, th- I mean, they were actually they were actually the most popular wrestling company for a while in in the in the world. They were beating WWF for a long like time. They got a lot of big. Uh, I do remember a lot of big people m- switched over because Vince McMahon was becoming um, very, very like sneaky and doing shit like that. Was you know changing stuff and um, not paying the guys what they want. I mean Hulk Hogan went over there. Um, they and they started like a big trend. I don't know. I forget. So many guys went yeah. over there. I mean, like WCW had so many stars. You had Diamond Dallas Page. You had Hulk Hogan. You had oh, Sting. You had Rey Mysterio yeah. Jr. You had Booker T. You had Kevin Nash. You had Scott Hall, who was a huge WWF star. You had, you know, the whole NWO, the New oh, World Order from WCW, NWO, was yeah. was from WWF, yeah. really. So I loved WCW, bro. Like that's that was my that was my jam. Eric Bischoff fucking ran it into the ground though so <laughs> and now and and so vince mcmahon ended up winning he bought so, it out right you know? did he buy it out or i know he, ultimately yeah, he yeah. Bought out ultimately seven, yeah. there's like some other ones coming out too that he's like nah i'm just gonna buy you out too i'm just gonna buy you out um so he's the yeah well the xfl paid him back in karma i think because i was something he invested heavily in and it's going it's gone <laughs> i mean it's gone, gone now so. he lost out now. yeah he tried to yeah he so. tried to dip in something that he wasn't even close to dipping in and that's that's nfl football i mean that's that's a good good luck taking business. on that titan yeah yeah, yeah. good yeah. luck yeah good luck going against yeah. NFL. it's like cyclops no cyclops taking on thanos like good luck um <laughs> i don't know man i think cyclops could probably <laughs> knock a jewel off his off his gauntlet I'm sure one or two, maybe a couple. Speaking of tights and underwear on the outside of your clothes, Cyclops. Oh, Cyclops. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bro, those actually aren't tights. It's just that he's so girthy that, was, okay. that like he doesn't leave a lot of for room pants. for for them to breathe. Because you, know? you can only buy one like, size. There, there'd be sweats on us, but like the girth of, of him is just okay. really fills them out. Are we just talking know? like like thunder thighs, like just like thigh girth? Yeah, dude. Of course. Okay. Cause that I guys got quads for days. I don't know if they'd be sweats on me, bro. I got some. I got some some girth over here <laughs> up in Anchorage. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, thanks for that 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 uh, trip down WWF WCW lane. That's 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 fucking interesting. So this shit happens. All right, well, that's, it does. That's our beneath the ink. Okay, let's go into craft your trash. Uh, Jr. Start us off. I'm gonna give where, it. Where are we at with I this? I thought one? about this the whole week. Uh, I'm gonna give this a, a seven point three, um, and uh, it's a great comic. It's it was enjoyable. I and that's what you want. I mean, it, the, I wasn't um, uh, distracted by the art. I wasn't distracted by the story. I wasn't distracted by you know um, an agenda. I was. It was definitely like I loved reading it. It was great to read. Um, I, I, and the only reason I you know I. I don't give it any higher is because there's there's really is some amazing stories out there. There's some really above, you know, 7.5 and above. You're getting into, you know, Rick Remender. You're getting into, you know, uh, Frank Miller. You're getting into a lot of these other, you know, comic books. And um, it's just for me that that's a it's a good rating. I think it's a top rating for for the type of comic and, the you know, how how independent this comic really is and how funny it is. So I think a 7.2 is a great, great score. Um, we said 7.3, so oh, you're already retracting your 7.3. It's the beer. I had about a neck, <laughs> I had about a neck of the of a beer, you know. So um, daydream, daydream. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah 7.3. I enjoyed it. Um, I was surprised, honestly. I mean, we're we're doing more of these things, so hopefully, I'm keep getting surprised. Yeah. Z, what do you got? I think it was. I think it was a fun story. I think I. I flew through it. It was super easy to read. I was always kind of flipping the the panels, looking forward to seeing what happens next. It it had me laughing. Um, There was like moments that really actually had me chuckle out loud as I'm like, you know, laying in bed, reading it to myself. And, you know, I, I I can't wait to, for the next issue because I want to see how it ends. And I, and I, and I'm sure there's some, some surprises 
that they still have up their sleeve. And so, yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought, you know, I think it was, the art was, was well done. Um, and it was polished. And, you know, if you would have handed this to me and said, you know, this is from dark horse or this is from, you know, a bigger kind of image comics or anything like that, I would have said for sure. You know, I wouldn't have even, um, I wouldn't have questioned it, you know? So I think big ups to them. They put something out there that's really polished and professional and, and fun. So I'll give it an eight. I thought it was pretty good. Boom. All right. Um, yeah, I completely agree. My, my score was an eight. Um, and I think that it's just for what it's going for, it nailed it. And this, yeah, I agree. This is like, uh, kind of what I compared Aquaman to when it came out. Um, Aquaman, the movie was so entertaining and so fun and so popcorn flicky. And it was, it was one direction. It was pretty, it was fun and action and and humor. And for what they were going for, they fucking crushed it. I don't think that it's going to be the most deep story arc. I don't think you're going to have this incredible like character development. You might know kind of what's coming. Um, and that's a challenge, especially with this book. I think that they faced with Matt and Ed. I think that they knew that this was a trope that's been done before. Not necessarily wrestlers invading the world. That was a new <laughs> addition to it. But, you know, uh, a, a wrestler getting backstabbed by a promoter, falling out of grace and having to make a comeback story is it's something that's happened before. And Raid Rumble is a great example of that. But they did it, and they did it well enough to make it fresh and to make it fun. And, and one thing that I thought was really cool is I got Tokyo Ghost vibes from this because of all of the side jokes in the background that you can catch, like – With the artwork, with the little line, like the one-liners, like the TV buzz saying something about the bear, like just little things that happen Mm. while the story is going on. It's like there's so much layers to it. And then if you if you do get the digital comic, and I'm sure with on the paperback when they come out after the story, there's all these little profiles of each character and like a lot of humor in that. They they put a lot Mm -hmm. of extracurricular work into it too, which you don't see a lot um, with independent comics. So I just think that it was really well done for what they're going for, and I gave it an eight because. While the story's been done before, I think that they did it incredibly well. So, yeah, I was very impressed. And that, that rounds our total out to a 7.8. So uh, that's our first uh, super indie comic. And I think the 7.8's a really strong performance. So Yeah, that's good. And that's without that's an ending, good. too. Like that's We don't have an ending yeah. when we're giving it that rating right now. So that just shows you know what, what they put together here. And they've got, they've got a story. They've got characters. And they, they, they're working on other projects, which I'm really excited about. So... Um, well done, Suspicious Behavior Productions. Um, yep. Cool. Well, uh, you got any plugs you want to get out there before we close out? JR, you got anything? Um, just uh, we're doing the art auction starts for Action City Comics starts uh, July 6th. Um, look out for – it looks like we're, we're going to put something out on um, probably Thursday because a lot of people are going to take you know Friday off and holidays coming up. Um, so we're going to put something out, just get some instructions – um, and, uh, if you are an artist and you're listening to this, Hey, you know, we'd be appreciative if you, if you want to submit some art, it's gonna, we're going to, you're going to get some promotion out of it, you know, some free promotion. We're going to throw you some promotion on our feed, uh, Insta- uh, action cities feed. Um, and it's just to kind of, you know, help out uh, action city, you know, kind of get some relief, you know, they're still kind of limited in how many people can do can go into the store and walking into a comic book store it's all about atmosphere it's all about going it's all about looking at books it's all and right now uh with the mask and covid you're very limited to do that you know there's a lot of interactions that happen between um customers you know i get to talk to the weirdest people i get to talk to the coolest people in there and you can't do that right now and so the lack of foot traffic because of this um is is it's it's not harmful he's still he's dude still doing really well but you know i think he could be better and i think uh helping him out with some art and and these artists who i mean we, and we, we got we got some published art comic book artists on there so you know it's gonna be really great so well and and your art's on there too right that miles morales one you finished up is yeah that- yeah i did a, a miles morales for it so you you'll get to bid on that and you get to take it home you know we, yeah and that one's a fucking dope one so yeah it's super cool well done bro Thank All you. right, Z, what you got? I'm good, man. I'm I'm chilling. I'm just uh, just living the dream. Just over there dreaming. All right, dope. Well, uh, just big shout out to the shoots. Uh, big fan of your neon daydream. Uh, shout out to Suspicious Behavior Productions. Um, thanks, Matt and Ed, for this awesome, awesome story that you sent us. Uh, we really enjoyed it, and I think that the world will too. Um, and shout out to Dan Harmon if you're listening, because you're my hero. 
But uh, thank you guys so much for listening this week. We're taking a week off for the holiday, and then we will catch you with another indie comic coming after that. So we'll see you then. Shout out to Ready to Rumble. (laughs) I will rule you. Man, I'm about to go watch that movie. (laughs) You should. All right, later.